Hello and welcome back to Restore Planet Podcast with me, your host, Jack Cole. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Harmony Patricio from Shoal, who's going to tell us a lot about fresh water. So, uh, Dr. Patricio, uh, welcome. And I'd like to start by telling us a little bit about your background and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Well, thank you, Jack. It's, it's great to be on the podcast. I appreciate you inviting me. Um, a little bit about my background. My main... Uh, driver for engaging in conservation work is when I was um, young, you know, I spent a lot of time in rivers and and lakes, just, you know, enjoying the water, enjoying nature. I grew up in a very remote part of uh, Colorado in the U.S., up in the mountains, and um, had the, you know, benefit of, of being close to nature. And then when I was doing my bachelor's degree, I took a general ecology course that just blew my mind, uh, learning about all the intricate connections between uh, the environment and organisms that uh, have to happen for basic basic functioning of of the Earth's uh, systems and for human well-being. And and then I started learning about how much threat species and uh, ecosystems are facing. And uh, I started getting really concerned about human-caused extinctions. And I have sort of a a moral, ethical feeling that that is just, there's just something wrong about that. And I wanted to do everything I could to to avert human-caused extinctions. And then I learned that freshwater species are facing the highest rates of extinctions much higher than marine or terrestrial species. So that's how I ended up focusing my work on freshwater species. Right, and that leads on nicely to uh, my next question, which is tell us about the, well, it's not quite a question, it's a statement, please. Tell us about the current state of uh, global freshwaters. Where are we and um, how are we doing? What's the state of things? Well, you know, there's unfortunately we're facing um, a bit of a freshwater biodiversity crisis right now. Um, you know, only it's very interesting to note freshwaters only cover about 1% of the Earth's surface, while oceans cover about 70%. Uh, but about half of all described fish species are found in freshwater. So you have this really rich, uh, concentration of biodiversity in such a small area of the earth. Um, and uh, freshwaters are so essential for human well-being. Um, and the decline of these systems uh, can cause so many effects, you know, not just for the species, but for society, economies as well. Um, even though they're some of the most biologically diverse systems on Earth um, with over, I think there's about 126,000 freshwater dependent species of animals and plants that have been described. So that doesn't include um, insects and mollusks and that, you know, well, it does include mollusks, but um, not just animals and plants, about 126,000. Um, but unfortunately, as I mentioned, they're disappearing much faster than marine or terrestrial species. And about 81 freshwater fishes have uh, been lost to extinction just in in modern times. Uh, 
in the North America alone, about 53 species of freshwater fish have gone extinct since the beginning of the 20th century, which is a rate of extinction that's about uh, 870 times higher than the natural rate for freshwater fish. Um, and there's been a decline of freshwater fish populations by of about 84% since 1970 and about one third of freshwater fish are currently freshwater are threatened with extinction. So really nowhere else on earth is the world's biodiversity crisis more acute than in freshwaters. So this really is a time for people to, to be educated, to engage and for um, urgent action for freshwater species and systems. And if nothing is done, what would what would happen to global ecosystems? Well, um, there is some, you know, there's some doom and gloom around that that question, which you know I don't want to to uh, paralyze people with these scenarios, but. Um, you know, the main threats to freshwater species basically stem from damming and, and habitat fragmentation, overfishing, um, water abstraction for many reasons, which has actually tripled globally in the past 50 years. Of course, habitat loss and degradation, uh, pollution, invasive species, and then climate change, which we know is affecting many systems on the planet and you know all of us in the in the freshwater conservation world um, have a very clear sense that unless urgent action is taken to reduce the threats I just mentioned um, we will probably uh, see the extinction of many freshwater species over the coming years um, but uh, you know as I mentioned, there is hope, there are uh, solutions out there. Uh, there's been a lot of work done to, um, to design kind of an emergency recovery plan uh, for freshwater biodiversity. Um, so there is hope out there despite the, the kind of worrisome situation we're facing right now. Right. And of course, that then brings us on very nicely to your organization, Shoal, and the work you're doing to prevent all these uh, terrifying apocalyptic uh, outcomes. So tell us about the work that Shoal is doing, uh, how it came together, and a little bit about your core mission. Um, well, yeah, let me just explain a little bit what, what Shoal is and, and kind of what, what our goals are. Um, basically an initiative where we bring together a wide variety of sectors and partners to tackle this immense challenge of the fresh freshwater biodiversity crisis at the kind of scale that is needed uh, because of these immense threats. Um, you know, despite the knowledge amongst amongst experts that uh, freshwater systems are declining and the species are disappearing at uh, very high rates. Um, there's been relatively little 
attention, action, and funding dedicated to conserving these systems and the rich biodiversity they host um, compared to marine or terrestrial uh, systems. So Shoal was kind of created to fill this gap and um, our mission is to halt the extinctions and recover populations of the most threatened freshwater species in the wild. Uh, we work with a partnership model and have an intentionally small uh, group of full-time staff. Instead, we channel technical support, uh, provide capacity building and um, funding to the most impactful conservation projects that are led by local organizations that are working on the ground all over the world. So we don't have our own staff, you know, in, in country offices around the world. We, we partner with communities and local organizations and help them get access to the tools and funding they need to implement the work. And we believe that's kind of the most effective and sustainable way to address these challenges. Um, we're very lucky to be hosted by two influential conservation organizations. One of them is Synchronicity Earth, which is based in the UK. The other is Rewild, which is based in the US. Um, they support us with expertise and uh, some funding and giving us the ability to kind of focus in on the nitty gritty of fundraising to support local implementing partners, um, communications and developing a suite of projects to conserve freshwater species. We also have a big focus on inspiring uh, funders, policymakers, communities, and just the broader public about the wonders found in freshwaters. I think most people aren't aware of how incredible these systems are, how many beautiful species they host. Um, you know, you don't often see what's happening underneath the surface of rivers and lakes. It's not as easy to get the imagery that you might from a tropical coral reef with all the, you know, colorful species. Um, but we want to tell these stories uh, about what's happening in these systems and how uh, unique they are. And, and we think, you know, without telling these stories and spreading the word, people won't care about these systems and species. And so we need to really um, expand the communications efforts around this issue. Um, and for this reason, we've developed something called the Freshwater Inspire Network, which is a group of very talented um, filmmakers, uh, creatives, communicators and campaigners that are all working together to to elevate the awareness about the uniqueness and, and beauty of freshwater species and systems. Fantastic. That's a wonderful overview. So going a little bit deeper there, a little bit more specific, could you tell us a bit more about some of the specific projects you've got going on, perhaps within, with uh, specific species in specific uh, geographical regions? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right now we're focusing on our effort on locations with, um, kind of the highest concentrations of threat, threatened freshwater species. Um, 
get the most bang for our buck through conservation interventions on the ground. Uh, one example is uh, in Mexico, we're working with several partners to develop a national strategy for freshwater biodiversity conservation. And um, uh, in specifically another action plan for a highly threatened group of fish called Gudeids, uh, which um, some of them have gone extinct in the wild. So they only exist in um, aquariums and, you know, conservation breeding facilities. And uh, we're working with local partners to help reintroduce some of these species back to the wild. Um, we have some work going on the Rift Valley Lakes region of Africa. And one of the project examples there is uh, some work in Lake Tanganyika, where we're helping a local partner establish a new freshwater protected area around an island in the lake. Um, we've been really active in Southeast Asia, where we're supporting local partners to protect some uh, very highly threatened peat swamp fishes. So these are species that are maybe familiar to some people, like because they're related to the Siamese fighting fish, the betta fishes that are very popular for for home aquariums and really beautiful, colorful fish, but their habitats are under immense threat and are disappearing very quickly, primarily because of the expansion of palm oil plantations. Um, and then some really cool work is going on in the Sulawesi's ancient lakes where they have all these amazing, rare, endemic, and very evolutionarily distinct species. Um, in India, we have some work going on uh, to, with local partners for the conservation of a fish called the humpbacked mossier, which is a very large uh, fish that was once kind of a prized tar target for anglers, um, but it's now confined to just two tributaries of the Kaveri River. Uh, we're also in India working on a species called the Denison's barb, uh, working to protect its habitat. This is another species that's really popular for home aquariums and was once collected from the wild at, at unsustainable levels, which was the primary driver of its decline. Um, and then one kind of fun, interesting uh, effort I'd like to mention is the search for lost fishes, which is associated with Rewild's Search for Lost Species initiative. And uh, lost species are those that have not been seen by scientists for at least 10 years or more, and their status is uncertain. Uh, i.e. we don't know if they've gone extinct in the wild or not. And um, we one example of this work was a project in Turkey where we support supported local researchers to search for the Batman river loach. And they were actually successful in finding this fish, which we think is a really uh, good example of a kind of conservation bright spot that can inspire hope for the rediscovery of other species, you know, where their persistence in the wild is uncertain. Oh, okay. Wow, so much going on, really impressive. Um, so 
Moving on a little bit, so you obviously discussed in a lot of detail there, all over the place, uh, where you've got work going on. What might be some of the solutions that these communities or all these groups might be implementing to 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 clean up their riverways, to have better practice, better policies, better governance? What are some of those uh, solutions? Yeah, so, you know, I do want to say, despite the kind of alarming declines of freshwater biodiversity that I mentioned earlier, there are many reasons to be hopeful. And a lot of work has been done to define what the most effective solutions are. Um, they just need to be implemented. But uh, some experts from around the world have developed what they've called an emergen emergency recovery plan for freshwater, freshwater biodiversity. Um, and some of the most impactful solutions that we all agree are need that need to be taken are, um, for example, ensuring rivers are allowed to flow more naturally. Uh, that's a big issue in many parts of the world is the alteration of the flow regimes of rivers. Uh, of course, uh, actions to improve water quality. Um, essential habitats need to be restored and protected. Overfishing is a challenge in many parts of the world. So policies and management strategies need to be put in place to end overfishing. Um, invasive species are also a big concern. And so there needs to be real proactive efforts to prevent new invasions of non-native species and to control them in places where they've already been introduced. And then uh, rivers that are still free-flowing that are not yet impacted by things like dams need to be protected now so that dams aren't put in these rivers down the road. And uh, we strongly feel that kind of old obsolete dams need to be removed in many locations. There's also some really uh, exciting uh, mounting evidence that uh, freshwater protected areas, which are uh, kind of reserves where uh, critical habitat has been identified and uh, no fishing is allowed in these areas. Um, and often these areas are managed uh, with local communities in a kind of co-management strategy. There's great evidence that uh, these community co-managed freshwater protected areas can have huge benefits for freshwater biodiversity and, and these ecosystems. Fantastic. Um, I'm moving on a little bit to some of the work that you've got going on or, or at least coming up. Uh, Homely, would you like to tell us about your strategic framework for critical species? Yeah, so um, we recently released a pretty um, hefty uh, document um, with uh, that we worked in collaboration with the World Conservation Union's Asian Species Action Partnership and um, Mandai Nature. Uh, it's a document called a strategic framework to accelerate urgent conservation action for critically endangered freshwater fish in Southeast Asia. 
There are 90 species of critically endangered freshwater fish in the region. That's why the document is is quite a quite a um, a long read, but uh, we set it up to be somewhat of a guiding document where you don't have to kind of read it from front to back to get the information you need. You can kind of skip and jump through different sections depending on who the reader is and and what kind of information they're after. Um, it's somewhat of a roadmap to guide conservation action, uh, as well as research and funding that will make the most impact for these 90 freshwater fish species in Southeast Asia that are, you know, facing, you know, imminent uh, threat of extinction. Um, and in concert with the release of this framework, we've initiated a grants program where we're uh, providing funding to local organizations in Southeast Asia to implement some of the priority actions that we've described in the framework. So just a few days ago, we um, had the deadline for the grant grant pr proposal submission. And so right now I'm reviewing all these wonderful project proposals from, from small organizations around Southeast Asia and very inspired by the level of um, dedication and awareness and desire to to take action that they're demonstrating. So that's uh, really hopeful to me to see that um, there's a lot of engagement in the region and and that there's the potential for positive outcomes uh, from this framework. And on that, finally, Homi, Homi tell us about where you'd like to see things uh, more broadly in sort of 10 to 15 years, obviously quite a quite a broad question. We're talking about global freshwaters, but given what you've been talking about there, the communities, the initiatives, it was brilliant work that you've got going on and a lot of, of course, uh, awareness raising. Where could we be in, I don't know, the time frame, 15 to 20 years, if we really got, uh, got things together? Well, one thing that kind of I love about working with freshwater species, uh, especially freshwater fish, is that um, when given the chance, they can bounce back to health relatively quickly um, in comparison to working with uh, animals like elephants or, you know, rhinoceros that take, you know, possibly decades to, to recover. Um, some of these species, you know, if you protect their critical habitats, if you, you know, protect their uh, spawning habitats, give them a chance to to reproduce and uh, kind of eliminate the pressures from overfishing. Their populations can bounce back just within a, a few years. Um, so, you know, we think with the right policies being put in place um, on local and national levels and, and really engaging closely with communities, um, we can safeguard the futures of many habitats and species. You know, our hope is that freshwaters can get to the point where they receive the levels of attention and funding that uh, marine and terrestrial habitats and species receive, or potentially even more so because they've been neglected for so long. Uh, we really hope there will be somewhat of a global change of attitude towards freshwaters 
and that uh, people, policymakers and communities and conservation funders will see freshwater species uh, to be just as remarkable, complex, beautiful, and, and worth saving as the more familiar marine and terrestrial species. We're currently um, about to release our 2032 strategy, which outlines what we plan to achieve over the coming decade. And uh, one of our primary goals is to mobilize conservation action for at least a thousand of the world's most threatened freshwater fish uh, through locally led partnerships. Um, we want to increase the number of our implementation partners so that Shoal has the capacity to catalyze high levels of action around the world, uh, deepen the strength of the freshwater inspire network that I mentioned earlier uh, to increase awareness of the wonders of freshwater biodiversity and the challenges that it's facing and um, to raise funds that will be directed to local implementation partners and to priority research um, that has been identified by our partners uh, from the Freshwater Fish Specialist Group and the Freshwater Conservation Committee uh, that are part of the World Conservation Union Species Survival Commission. So these are kind of the world's foremost experts uh, that are working with us to help guide that aspect of the work. Um, you know, there really is a lot of potential to save these species and habitats if action and uh, funding is, is scaled up to the level that's needed. And as I said, you know, a lot of these species can, can recover quite quickly when, when the uh, conditions are put in place for them to do so. So, um, you know, I don't want to paralyze people with these alarming statistics that I rattled off in the uh, beginning of the interview. Um, you know, I think it's important that we all are aware of the current uh, bit of a dire situation, um, but it's also key to understand that a lot of solutions have been identified and uh, we know that we can be successful if those solutions are implemented. Wonderful. Dr. Patricia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jack.